0: I'm going to loosen my ponytail, let your hair down, get in my comfies. It's podcast time, baby. Wait, you've got to be kidding me. Let's get this untwisted. Happy Monday, folks, or happy whatever day of the week you're listening to this. I missed you all. I missed you all so much, and I apologize sincerely for not releasing an episode last week. Honestly, I just got kind of like a quick 48-hour cold, and first my voice went, and then I sounded a little bit uh, nasally, which is just nauseating to listen to, especially on a podcast. And honestly, I still don't sound that great today, so for that, I apologize. But I also should not be saying that. I remember I had this professor who I was going to give a presentation in front of the class, and I started the presentation by saying, Hi, I just want to let everybody know I'm a little bit under the weather. Sorry, I've lost my voice a little bit. So I apologize if that annoys you in my presentation. And after I was finished giving the presentation, my professor said, You should never tell your audience that you're under the weather or that your voice is croaky or whatever it is, because half the time they probably wouldn't even notice the difference unless you pointed it out to them. And then they're probably thinking about how sick you sound for the duration of the presentation, or in this case, the podcast. But I digress. I guess I already messed up on that. But whatever. Happy to be back. Happy to be chatting with you all. I actually feel like I have a few updates and I'm just really happy for this episode because I kind of just want to be very vulnerable, very myself, and just kind of get into a space I haven't really dove into anywhere on my social media. And I think it's because it's one of my biggest vulnerabilities and something that kind of eats me alive. My voice just Hello. (laughs) Kind of croaked right there. But yeah, I'm a little bit nervous to dive into it, but I kind of feel like that's the point of my podcast to begin with. I started this not only because I've always just wanted to dive into the podcast space, but I wanted to make sure when I did start a podcast, it was going to serve a purpose and sometimes it's lighthearted and it's fun and we just, you know, have a good conversation. And honestly, I'm pretty sure I genre the podcast comedy because I want it to be fun and I want it to be a lighthearted take on maybe some more serious topics. But at the same time, I don't want to take away from the opportunity to be vulnerable and just chat with you all, especially because I feel like if you're listening to my podcast, you probably care a little bit more than the average Joe Schmo on YouTube, TikTok or whatever. Which, speaking of, I have a story to tell you that I've already talked about a little bit on TikTok, but I want to dive into here. And first and foremost, pause the episode. If you are not already following me on TikTok, go and do it in this moment. I will wait. (laughs) And I'm saying this because I honestly was not really giving much attention to TikTok for so long. I was a lot more of a scroller. I wasn't really making content myself, but I kind of feel like it's becoming my little pocket of the internet where I don't really care and it's becoming such a fun outlet. And so I feel like if you're actually interested in the podcast then you'll most likely be very interested in TikTok content as well. So go hang out with me over there. Comment on my video. Tell me that you're coming from the podcast. It'll be great. It'll be really fun. Yesterday was kind of a big day for me because I decided for the first time in a long, long time, and I'm going to say over a year, to go to a workout class. A lot of this actually came from a serious conversation that Keith and I were having together because I have expressed to him a few different times that I'm not 100% happy living here. And I don't want to blame everything, like all of my feelings on Washington. Like, I'm not going to put all of my guilt and like my anxiety, all of that, I'm not going to put it on Washington in general. But I've just been noticing, especially within the last year, that I'm just not as happy as I used to be. And some of that I think maybe even started in college. I know a lot of that has to do with the pandemic, just basically being on house quarantine for the past seven months or so. But in general, I've just noticed that I don't feel as happy or peppy all the time, even though I know that's kind of my general demeanor. I've talked about this maybe briefly before, but I've had a really hard time making friends here and I think there's a lot of reasons for that. The first, um I'll just completely be myself. I can be very socially awkward. And it's funny because I'm a super outgoing person and I'm very comfortable in social settings when I'm with people I know, but when it comes to making new friends or even going to events, Maybe even with people I do know, like people I know very, very well, I've gotten really, really bad social anxiety. And I think I've had this for a long time, but it's gotten progressively worse over time. Like even over the years, I know if my family and I were going over to a friend's house for dinner or something and the whole family is going to be there. I would still get social anxiety about it. Maybe this is more common than I realize or maybe I just never recognized it in myself, but I feel like it's gotten definitely heightened when I've lived here in Washington, probably because I don't have as much of a safety net. My close circle is very, very small and there's nothing inherently wrong with that, but I am sort of used to being around so many people, having so many different social circles even if that just means I have my classmates, I have my extracurricular mates, friends, I have my friends just because they're my friends. I'll have friends through sports. That was just kind of, you know, my narrative my entire life. And so when I moved over here and I got a job and I moved into an apartment and I was kind of expecting for things to be sort of one and the same. But really, there's so many reasons why it would never be like that. And I think first and foremost, your life starts to change a lot after you've graduated, especially from college, because you don't really have that much free time anymore. And when you do have free time, I can guarantee you a lot of it is going to be spent in your sweatpants on your couch. Or if you do have free time, you're going to spend it with people that you probably already know. There's not a lot of extra energy to go out of your way to constantly be meeting new people or to making new friends or making new friends. So that's definitely like a very obvious reason why things can be kind of just a little bit more difficult at this age. But I also think, and I Again, don't want to put full blame on Washington, but I kind of want an escaped goat, so just bear with me here. I've talked about this a little bit, but I think that the Seattle freeze is a very real thing. And I think it's been kind of this obstacle that I've had to try and navigate through on how to learn to make friends when people around here aren't as Advantageous to do so themselves. People here aren't inherently mean. They're not mean people. Nobody here is really rude, even. I mean, it's Seattle. Like, think about, you know, the most. Forward thinking, liberal minded, open minded kind of people. Nobody's mean. But at the same time, a lot of people maybe have grown up here or other people might be transplants themselves. And maybe some of it has to do with the weather. I don't really know. But there is this stigma that some people think is true, some people don't, that people in Seattle are very, very friendly, but they're not overly friendly enough to ever really invite you to do anything. Or they kind of will make plans with you, quote unquote that they kind of know will never really be followed through on. Like, oh my gosh, we should meet up for coffee one time. But then no plans are ever executed, if that makes sense. I think a lot of people here just kind of have their close friend groups and that's whom they stick to, which is totally fine. But I think when you're a new person in town, the new kid in town, it's um it's harder to just make friends when people already have their own social circles. Anyways, I've been kind of telling Keith a lot about this lately and he suggested that maybe I should try going to a gym again because Keith and I used to go to this gym back in our college town that was incredible. We actually were taking a class in the studio that was through our university. So it was an actual class that we had to attend every single week. But it was a fitness class, and we loved the environment of the studio. We loved the instructors. Everything about it was inspiring and empowering, and nothing about it felt clicky or too, I don't know, LA maybe which was something that always intimidated me about fitness studios, especially when I would go to them back home in California. I always felt intimidated by the other people in the studio because it never felt that welcoming. But there was something really unique about the studio that we went to. So not only was the studio really welcoming and it felt like we actually kind of had a small little community there, but thinking back on it, I was also probably in the best shape of my life. I was in really good shape when I was preparing to go to Vegas, my senior year of college, because it was kind of an end goal for me. I knew I wanted to be in good shape because I was going to be going to nightclubs. I was going to be going to a pool party. I was like, you know what? I want to look freaking good. But I didn't realize the reason why I was probably in such good shape was because I was a part of a studio. I was going to group fitness classes. I was getting my butt whooped, more whooped than it had ever been whooped by my absolute favorite instructor ever. Her name is Destiny. I still admire her to this day. I love everything about her and I miss her so freaking much. And we did these TRX classes that had me sore for, I swear, like four days long. They were so freaking hard. And it was such a challenging class, not only physically, but also because... TRX was a tool i had never really used in my fitness routine. So I was being challenged in so many ways I hadn't been previously. And I feel like I can recognize now, not only was I in really good shape because I was pushing myself in TRX class, I was making healthier eating choices because I knew I had this Vegas goal in mind. But I was also probably just really mentally happy because I was in such a good place. And I felt like I was in a studio that empowered me and I felt really happy. And Sure, I didn't have like best friends in the studio, but there was some familiar faces and it was just something to look forward to. And it was a good way to get me out of my element. Like I believe that you can be pushed really, really well when you're stepping out of your comfort zone. Truly, I think that's the only way that we can grow as individuals. So, flash forward to right now, you know, Keith and I are having these conversations. I'm telling him how I need to be, you know, doing something else. Like what I'm doing right now is not working for me. And somehow he mentioned how it might be a good idea for me to go back into the studio and to find a gym that might be really motivating for me. I knew that it was the right answer, but everything about it. Scared the living crap out of me, if I'm being honest. First and foremost, I didn't even know where to start. I was like, where do I even find a gym nowadays? What gyms are even open right now because you know it's not typically a good idea to be around people especially in a sweaty like drippy enclosed environment do I even have the money for that like you know all of the questions and doubts just immediately flood my head and then he told me like he saw this one studio that he drove by one day and I should just check it out and just look at their website blah 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 so of course I did and there's just this weird part of me that gets really really nervous even just looking at studio's websites like it's this lifestyle that i could only dream of for myself but i couldn't ever see taylor thriving in and all i ever get is this immense amount of envy looking at these beautiful men and women thriving in the studio but i can't see myself in that environment because you know that could never be me or I'm not good enough for that or I'm too nervous to put myself in such a vulnerable position. But I spent probably two or three hours just kind of scouring through this one website and I was looking through their Instagram, I was looking through their workouts and I was basically in a really non-creepy way reading each of the coaches' profiles to find out if I wanted to do this, which coach would make me feel The least vulnerable, the most comfortable. So, if I somehow got over my social anxiety to go to one of these classes, I could actually show up and not be so nervous that I couldn't even focus on the workout, but I'd feel comforted by this friendly demeanor of the coach. And I feel like even saying this out loud, it kind of sounds silly, but this is genuinely how my thought process was. And After, like I said, two or three hours of just scouring through this website, I finally decided, you know what? I just need to try this. Just need to see if this is even something I would like. Like I'm dreaming up this fake world in my mind of Taylor thriving in Fitness Studio, but I haven't even been yet. Like this is all just me imagining this world for myself that I haven't even tapped into. I decided I needed to sign up for a class and normally Taylor would probably just sign up for a class in like three or four days time so i could quite literally mentally prepare myself so by the time class actually rolled around i was mentally prepared enough to walk into the class to be confident enough to even step into the class like i needed that much time to even feel comfortable with myself but something in my mind told me when i was looking for classes to sign up for I just needed to get it over with. Like, there was no point in waiting. All I was going to be doing was marinating this choice over in my mind and worrying about it for three or four days. I just needed to rip the band aid off. So, I decided to sign up for a class that next afternoon. And granted, I'm doing this sign up, I think, at two or three o'clock in the morning, which I think I did tweet about. If you're not following me on Twitter, go follow me on Twitter. <laughs> I never really used to use Twitter, but I've recently decided, again, kind of like TikTok, it's like my little pocket of the internet. So go stalk my tweets. Anyways, this is like two or three in the morning. I decide I'm going to sign up for an afternoon class the very next day, or I guess the next afternoon because it was the same day. And then that day, I guess I was feeling all right. I kind of avoided thinking about it all morning long. I just kept myself busy in my work. And then when it was time to leave the house, all of a sudden... And I really don't remember the last time that this ever happened to me. I had an actual full blown panic attack. And it was so bad to the point where I was shaking. I think sometimes I have them mentally, but it's never been something that has taken over my entire body before. But it even sounds dumb for me to like share out loud. And I'm not trying to say like, what was me? Or I don't know, get attention from this. I'm just trying to share my experience but my whole body was shaking and I was having a really hard time breathing and my heart felt like it was literally going to pop out of my chest and pump onto the floor and I really don't know if I'd ever experienced something so dramatic really because it totally was dramatic and I had to like take a second for myself and I walked Reese outside because I just needed the fresh air and I had to Do what I told you all to do in an episode or two ago, where I had to repeat out loud to myself what I would say before I would go into any interview or situation I just was not comfortable in. And I would repeat out loud I am confident, competent, and thriving. I think in the last episode I said I'm able, but I really remembered back what I used to say was competent, confident, and thriving. So I kept repeating this out loud to myself. And honest to God, it really did help. Because I think sometimes when you say things out loud, your mouth probably sends some sort of signal up to your brain telling yourself, heck yeah, like I am confident. I am competent. And hell yeah, I'm thriving. So I really had to like convince myself it was going to be okay. And Truly, I didn't even know what to do. I was even considering like, do I take a shot before class? I didn't know if I should be like taking a Xanax. Like I just, I didn't know. I had never experienced something so intense and I was all on my own. I didn't have anybody around me to vent out to or even express my feelings. So naturally I popped onto TikTok and like briefly explained how scared I was to go to this workout class. And that's what's even weirder is I am normally somebody that can kind of hone in on a workout, even if I'm filled with anxious thoughts or maybe I'm just really worried about being in an uncomfortable situation. If I start working out normally, it will kind of flee my brain because then I start thinking about the moves. I'm thinking about my form. I just want to make sure I'm doing the exercises correctly. Like my brain goes to the workout which is great. But of course I wasn't there yet. Wasn't starting the workout class for another 45 minutes, so I had all of this time to just think and think and think. And it really just got me so worried about myself like what have I gotten myself into that I'm this panicked about being in social situations. Maybe it has a lot to do with the fact that I'm uncomfortable being in a studio during a pandemic, in a fitness class, with people I don't know, in a city I'm not familiar with. All of these big questions, of course, circling my brain. But was it something more than that? Like, was I internalizing things that I've been hiding from for a really long time? Like, maybe this is something I really need to confront. Should I be going to therapy? Should my podcast not just be my only therapy session? probably but yeah I got to the class and I pulled up and and parked out front and there was already two women standing outside of the class and that alone freaked me the frick out because I don't know why like I shouldn't be intimidated by just people being people but of course I take it as a direct reflection of my awkwardness or my vulnerability I don't even know but I literally had to like force myself out of the car I'm like shaking telling this story Jesus and I just got out of the car and I walked over to them and like this is when I say like my body and my actions like make no sense because I'm sure those women would not have had a single freaking clue that minutes beforehand I was like about ready to cry my eyes out because I was so nervous to come to this class but something happens to me, like when I'm in social environments, where I can almost just flip a switch. And I was able to just walk up to these women and say, hi, guys, like I'm new here. I This is my first class. Like, do you know where I'm supposed to go? Blah, blah, blah. And luckily enough, the two girls happened to be coaches, literally. And so I'm surprised I didn't recognize them from my thorough stalking of the website, but I actually didn't. <laughs> And they're like, oh my gosh, of course, like we're actually coaches, like I'm so-and-so and this is what you're supposed to do and have you ever been here or this is where you go, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if you believe in like, I don't know, divine intervention or everything happens for a reason, but to me that kind of felt like a moment of they were supposed to be there for some weird reason, you know, and I don't really think of myself as that spiritual of a person. I was raised in a church, but I don't really practice all that often. Maybe I should, I don't know, but it just felt as if, those two coaches were meant to be standing outside waiting for me in this weird way. Like I needed them in that moment. And if they weren't there, I wouldn't have known what to do. And in that moment, it kind of just gave me a good amount of confidence to just carry on and know that everybody else is here to better themselves. I'm probably a lot more in my head than anybody else realizes. And I'm sure everybody else also has their own internalized thoughts of worry and doubt and they're not expressing that outwardly. So nobody would even know that I'm nervous myself. Once I got started, like everything went okay. And I didn't mention this, but in case you're curious or worried, the studio was extremely, extremely safe. They've come up with a really good implementation for how to stay safe and how to properly work out during phase two. That's what we are in right now in Washington. So I think only maybe four people were allowed in the class. It was very, very small. You each had your own station. You didn't leave your station. All of the doors and the windows and everything were open, so it was very well aerated. So that also helped a lot because that was something else I was extremely worried about, just being in a close-knit environment around other people and everybody was wearing masks. It was really great. So I couldn't even... Describe to you how great everything felt after I was finished. And yes, I know I had a lot of endorphins. And yes, I know I was totally all in my head. But the big picture here is that I did something that scared the living shit out of me. And it sounds so trivial when I'm talking about it out loud, but I quite literally was panicking about something that is supposed to bring me so much joy. Like, I love fitness classes, I love working out. And why was it getting me so emotional and caught up in my head? I can't even really explain it, but it felt amazing afterwards, not even just because of how great the workout was, but also because I knew that I did it. I told myself I needed to do something that was going to challenge myself, and I finally did it. And I wish I could do that in so many areas of my life And of course, it's so much easier said than done, but I feel like especially right now when we're in quarantine, I spend so much of my days sitting in my apartment alone and just really thinking about how much worries me and all of the things I'm missing out on. Not like there's much to miss out on right now, but even just not being around people or thinking I'm not doing enough or not doing things right, it makes me so sad truly and sometimes I feel like I can totally become what was me I can totally get caught up in my own thoughts my own feelings and just put myself into this hole that I've literally dug for myself and it will take me so long to carry myself out especially when I'm not looking around for help How am I supposed to get out of my freaking hole when I've thrown the shovel and there's nobody around me and I'm not asking and I'm not vocalizing and I'm not telling anybody that this is the way I'm feeling? Also, I'm not taking any actions to help myself. Like I can't tell you how many months I've sat here and thought I need to do more things to try and expand my network. And not like professionally, but truly like my friends. But I haven't tried anything to do so. COVID aside, I know myself and I know how timid I can be in new environments. But once I'm there, I'm okay. Like once I've gotten past the hurdle of even the first introduction, I'm all right. I was even having a conversation with my best friend because she was going on a first date. And she met this guy through Bumble and she was having an amazing connection with him and everything was going right. And truly she was so excited to meet him. But it was that first initial like 10 minutes of them meeting up, you know, like, okay, we're gonna go meet up at I was gonna say the supermarket. (laughs) No, we're gonna go meet up at the park. I don't know. (laughs) But it's like that first initial ten minutes when you're like, I'm five minutes out or I'm I'm sitting by the big tree that actually freaks you the frick out. And sorry, I'm trying not to cuss as much because I don't want to be offensive, but whatever. Once you get past those like ten minutes, everything's look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating Like really the worst is behind you after that first introduction, after that first interaction. But I don't know what it is about just those initial nerves that just eats you up inside and you can't even think about anything else because it's all you're thinking about. Just those freaking 10 minutes. All that being said, I just kind of wanted to have an open topic with you all about making new friends in a pandemic or just making new friends in a new city or even I know a lot of you are going off to college, or returning to college or high school or whatever it might be. And I know that this is kind of a scary time to be doing so, not only because of the pandemic, but also it's just the same scary things as usual, like talking to new people or meeting new people or how do you make friends or how do you deal with that change? And it can feel really, really intimidating. I know one thing that always helps me is thinking back on previous Taylor. For instance, when I went to high school, I completely changed high schools from where I was supposed to go. So all of my closest friends, all of my cheerleading friends that I made at my cheer gym, they were all going to different high schools than me. I was, I think, either the only person or maybe one or two people from my middle school going to the high school that I was going to. So I was a big old fat loner. And luckily enough, I tried out for my cheerleading squad, which started practices prior to starting my freshman year. But going to my first practice at cheer, going to my first classes as a freshman, I remember being petrified because I was around so many people that not only all went to school together, I was kind of the outsider, but also it was just a really scary big environment of a whole bunch of people that I had never met before. And I didn't know how to be myself. I didn't know how to make friends. It's like you almost forget somehow because you've grown up with the same people all your life. But looking back and after graduating high school now, I can realize that I was okay. Everything felt like the biggest deal in that moment, but I graduated with friends. I still have those friends. I made friends my freshman year. Freshman year is almost the easiest year to make friends in high school and college because everybody's in the same boat, especially with college. Most people are coming from all over the world or all over the country, wherever you might be. And it kind of feels like everybody just wants to have somebody. So even in that moment, you kind of feel like, you are dealing with the hardest thing that you've ever dealt with before. But when I'm in those really scary situations, I think back to how previous Taylor handled it. And even though I was super scared in that moment, I got on the other side of it. You know, I got past those first initial 10 minutes. I got past those first initial few days, few weeks in school And everything was all right and it ended up being really fun and it was always a good time. So I know it can be so hard to get out of that current mindset that you have that's like eating you alive where you're so, so worried about what's to come. But I think it's really important to realize how small those moments are in the grand scheme of things or how you've overcome them in the past and remind yourself of that when you're in that moment in present day. Let's talk about just some general tips that I can give for making friends, keeping friends, dealing with change, going to college, all that jazz. So, making new friends, keeping the old one is silver, one's gold. I would say the biggest thing to remember is that, kind of like I'm vocalizing right now, I bet most people. Are just as nervous as you are, even if they don't show it. Even if they come off as the most confident person in the room, I bet that they still have, you know, their own struggles that they're getting over themselves. You know, you never know anybody's full story. So remember that when you're trying to make new friends and start really, really small, especially if we're gonna talk. Like freshman orientation or something in college, even first few days on the job. Start on a basic level of conversation. Like it can be something as simple as complimenting somebody on their shirt, their blouse, their pants, whatever or it could be just asking them simple questions about themselves. Literally, I've said this so many times before, everybody loves to talk about themselves. So if you get somebody off on a rant and you're, I don't know, complimenting them, or you ask them where they're from, or maybe how they got started with the company, or how they came to this college, ask them about themselves. And truly, people will remember how you made them feel. Oh God, I'm such a freaking broken record. I'll like remember these phrases that I've already said in past podcasts or videos. And I'm like, you guys are probably like, Taylor, You've already said that before, but maybe I'm just going to hone in on it and make it my main points because this is so true. I think I said this before about interviews. Honestly, nobody really cares what you say in an interview, and that's not exactly true because of course they care. But if candidate A said the exact same thing as candidate B, but candidate A connected with you or made you feel a certain way or empathized with you or maybe even just engaged with you in a different way than candidate B, even though they had the exact same answers, candidate A is going to stand out do you get what I'm saying? People will remember how you made them feel. So if you yourself are not comfortable opening up, or if you don't want to really talk about yourself, get other people to talk about themselves. And then, you know, even a few hours later, a few days later, whatever, they're going to remember you because they're going to say, wow, like Sally was the absolute sweetest. She made me feel so good about myself. When really all Sally did was just get Joanna to start talking about herself. But Joanna loved that, you know? Keeping friends. Okay. So dealing with this is really challenging, but I promise you it is beyond worth it. I actually feel like I have a lot of experience with this because, like I mentioned, I went to different high schools than all of my closest friends who all went to school together. I went to a different college, of course. But I feel like over the years, I've found good ways to stay connected with people that truly matter and that I want to keep in my life. And that's the most important thing. It's really hard to come to terms with, but. Friendships will come and go. And I kept seeing this like viral tweet. I think it was on Twitter. I don't even know. It's kind of this thing that nobody really talks about where friendship breakups, or even just friendships that kind of drift apart from one another, are almost harder to cope with than romantic breakups. And maybe you don't completely concur with this statement, but I actually feel like I totally do. Because there's something really special and so valuable about a friendship between you and somebody else that can never be replicated. It can never even be replaced by a new friend. Because when I lose touch with one friend, even if I make another friend, I'm still really comfortable with my new friend. But there will always be parts of my old friendship that I will miss and I will almost yearn for because they made me feel a really good type of way. Or maybe we just have incredible memories together. And I think about that so often with a lot of my good friends from high school or even elementary school that I don't get to connect with all of the time. And a lot of that you know, just has to do with life and moving on. And I don't know why this isn't as talked about, but I feel like it's just very normal that as you grow older, you will just kind of lose touch with people that in one point of your life used to be your absolute closest friend. And I think for the longest time, I held a lot of guilt about that. I felt very regretful. I felt like it was all my fault. And I would sit here and rethink conversations I'd have or moments I shared with them where maybe I did something wrong or I didn't do enough. Or this is absolutely typical, the type nine Enneagram in me. I would rethink literally everything about people whom I just love and adore even to this day. And sure, I don't get to talk to them all of that often, but it's really hard to put all of the blame on yourself when truly the reason a friendship might have faded away is really just time and distance or maybe you no longer share that common interest that once bonded you. And there shouldn't be anything really wrong with that, but I feel like there's just kind of this strange unsettledness of it all. Like you don't really know how to get over it. And I think throughout my life, I always get hung up on those things. I always get hung up on the friendships that never really felt like they had a closed door. Because truly, I don't really think I've ever had a falling out with a friend like where we truly hate each other, honest to God. But there are so many friends that I still love, 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 love. But you know, all I do is maybe like their Instagram photos because that's just kind of the way our lives have drifted apart. And I think that's okay. And it hurts. It hurts a lot. I'm not going to lie, but know that there are certain people in your life that will stay in your life forever. And there are certain people that maybe come in in certain moments of your life to do something for you or to help you with something or help you realize something. And I wish this was talked about more too, but I genuinely believe in friends, soulmates. Maybe there are people that come into your life just for a sole purpose, or maybe for a short period of time to teach you something or to have you be more aware of something. And sure, the friendship doesn't have like a termination date, but maybe they're just sort of meant to come into your life and then you kind of go on your merry ways. And I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't want you to get hung up on that like I do. I don't want you to get upset with yourself. I don't want you to blame yourself. If there are people in your life that you are absolutely so close to right now and you are leaving high school and you're about to go to college or maybe you're switching cities, whatever it might be, know that it is not your fault if over time you start to drift away from one another. But also know this, I'd say three of my absolute best friends I've known for most of my life and I will go weeks without talking to them. Sometimes it's even longer. Sometimes we're having those stints where we are texting or sending each other memes and Every other day. But there are certain people in your life that you just don't really have to worry about. And I think when you know that you don't have to worry about always putting in so much effort to keep that connection there is when you know they're a friend or a friend's soulmate, whatever, for life. Some of my closest friends I haven't even seen in years. And that's not purposefully, but you know, we have jobs on the other side of the country, or one of us went to school here, the other one went to school there. And things have just never really added up or maybe we'll be home in our hometown at different times of the year than one another. And that's the kind of shitty part about growing up is you start to realize how difficult it is to even see the people that mean the most to you. But the best part about that friendship is knowing that you don't have to put in 400% effort to know that it will always be there. I also think it's really important to recognize that It is okay for your best friend to go off to school and to make her own best friend because I think that was something I struggled with for a really, really long time. And I took it as a personal offense to myself that I wasn't good enough or I was being replaced, all this really stupid stuff. But it's so important to not be that kind of friend that doesn't allow your friend to go off and have memorable moments with the new people in her life. There will always be a spot for you in her heart. There will always be a space for you. And don't be so hard on yourself when you see her post pictures with her new quote unquote best friend because you know what? There are new best friends throughout your life that serve different purposes. I have a best friend in Washington that's different from my best friend back home, that's different from my best childhood best friend. You know, like it's the whole shebang. So don't be like me, don't think that you're being replaced. Don't worry so much about the stability of your friendship, but rather be so happy that they're enjoying themselves and that they're finding people that are going to be good for them, you know? I feel like that's kind of just an internalized rant, but It's important to mention too, because I'm sure if I'm thinking it, somebody else is too. I think you've had enough of my advice. Let's take some questions. How can someone who struggles with social anxiety make long lasting friendships? Wow, did she just listen to my podcast or what? I've had several friends backstab me. Now that I'm going to my junior year of college, I really want to solidify friendships, but I can't for the life of me get past my insecurities that people don't like me, want to backstab me, etc. Because of this, it leads me to not knowing how to ask someone to hang out, being afraid that they will think I'm weird or not think that I'm someone cool enough to hang out with. Ugh, totally been there. And eventually letting what could have been a great friendship slip into the zone of, you haven't seen them in so long, that it would be weird if you reached out. Taking a quick pause, I have recently gotten over that whole zone of not seeing somebody in a long time but still wanting to reach out. I know it sounds uncomfortable and it probably is, but I've rekindled with so many old flame, <laughs> old flames, what am I saying? Old friendships during quarantine, just because all of a sudden I bit the bullet and I just messaged them. Even if it's on Instagram, somehow it feels like a little bit more safe than a text message, but I've done that a lot lately. And honestly, I have felt so much more at peace than if I just never reached out. So I bet that they want to hear from you more than you think. Continuing on, sorry, I'm so annoying. I know I'm a good person, oh, and I know that if someone gets to know the real me, they will see that I'm a good person and I think a good person to be around. So how do I help myself with the confidence to branch out in the moment? This is a really, really comprehensive and great question. Okay, so let's think solution-based here. Junior year of college, obviously, like we've mentioned, things are going to be a little bit different here at universities on any campus really right now. But I remember something that always helped me out when I was in school was going to sporting events or going to club meetings or any kind of campus event, even if it was by myself or with even just one other friend. And something about the events was really great because first and foremost, you're going to that event with a purpose. So everybody is there for a common reason. For example, if you're going to a football game together, everybody's there to watch football, right? God, I hate when people say right at the end of a statement. Sorry, that was so annoying. Maybe that's just me, but it's a habit that drives me nuts. It makes me feel like people are condescending me. Anyways, that would be my first tip. If you do have any kind of event that you are able to attend, I feel like that's a great way to meet new people. It's almost like the little tiny moments that will start to make you acquaintances that you can turn into close friends. So for example, let's just give the scenario without the pretenses of COVID. I know that that's a difficult barrier we're going to have to face, but let's just pretend here. So you're at the football game, you're in the stadium, you're sitting down with your close friend, Susie Q. Susie Q is on your left, but to your right is this girl from your chemistry class. And you're like, oh my gosh, girl named Gabby. Gabby's awesome and I've always wanted to be her friend but I've never really known how to, you know, connect with her in chemistry class because Mr. C is always going on about H2O. So, now that you happen to sit next to Gabby at the game, you can kind of slowly, you know, talk to her here and there throughout the night. But you're not obligated to have a full conversation because you're too busy focusing on the game, too busy focusing in on the sports. I feel like I've actually made really good friends through situations like that because you'll remember them after the event and you'll remember, hey, I went to that football game and I was sitting next to Taylor and she was super nice and friendly to me. And now maybe when we're in chemistry class, I'm going to say hi to her. And then you have a reason To connect over something. I feel like that's a good way of getting over the hurdle of just not knowing how to talk to new people. As I mentioned with my whole story of going to the fitness center and not knowing how to get over my social anxiety in that situation, I felt like the biggest thing I could have done for myself, which thank God I somehow got myself to do, was to just go to the class. And once I got through the class, once I even got out of my car and was talking to those coaches, I somehow was able to feel a lot more at peace. Don't get me wrong, don't get this twisted. I wasn't a okay totally myself for the duration of the class. It wasn't like everything was just fine. But I was zoned in on the workout, I was focused on something else, and I was feeling a lot more at peace than I was beforehand, and it definitely helped my social anxiety just getting over that first initial hurdle. So when I go back for my second class, I'm probably gonna feel a lot more comfortable. It's almost like we have to push ourselves out of our initial comfort zone to even grow past those anxieties and I'm not gonna be like just get over it that's how you get over anxiety (laughs) obviously that's not the fucking case but I just know like I mentioned if I'm sitting here and I'm just finding every way to pick on myself and I'm not trying whatsoever I'm only gonna build up more walls in my head than if I just were to do something. One thing that scared me. I would say also for your question that when it comes to asking people to hang out, that's another tip I would use school events for. Like if you're too nervous to even ask, you know, if we should go get coffee or go get food or something, maybe ask if they can go to an event with you. Ask if they can study with you. Because especially if you're very worried and you have your insecurities about People maybe not being so trustful or trustworthy, I would definitely ease into situations that you know you can feel completely comfortable in and it doesn't feel as constricted, I guess. I know that you're a good person. I can even just tell by the way that you wrote this question that you're a good person, but I want you to also do something for yourself that is going to make you feel more confident in these situations. Because I think one of the biggest hurdles that you and I both have to get over is ourselves. You seem like a shining star to me and I don't know why anybody wouldn't want to be your friend. So give yourself a little bit more grace. Know that you are confident, competent, and able and thriving. It will be okay and I know that other people will see the good in you just like I do. Any advice about being on your own for the first time? I'm moving next year and it's scary to me. Um, it is absolutely so scary. Coming from somebody who has always had an enormous fear of break-ins. I literally was scared to be home alone by myself till I was twenty. I definitely was not good about being on my own. Now, if you just mean going off to school or just moving in general, something about school that's comforting is knowing that everybody else is also in the same boat as you. So even though you feel like this is the hardest thing you've ever done in your life because college is weird and it's kind of scary, everybody else around you is also in a similar boat. So that's at least somewhat comforting. At least they can relate to you and there's a lot of empathy in that. I would say even though you're moving out on your own, it doesn't mean you have to be on your own. Just because you're away from home or you're in a different environment doesn't mean your friends change, your resources change, your guardians change. You can still reach out to your parents or your guardian for whatever advice you might have. I still call my mom when I need help making dishes or learning how to do something properly. It's also really good just to set yourself up for success and being very prepared ahead of time, even when that comes to certain things you would never think of that you should have in a home. Getting prepped on that kind of stuff is really helpful. And if you don't have anybody to ask, I know there's a whole bunch of different resources online that you can look up for just general tips of what you should have in in your household or what you should have in your college dorm room. But it is helpful even to talk to people that maybe have done it before you in your life, like maybe an older sibling or a friend that maybe is a grade or two older than you, somebody who has just moved away for the first time. I know that it can be really nice just having an honest conversation with them, asking them what tips they might have for you. That's always super helpful. How have you made friends as an adult in a new city? Um, <laughs> The short answer is... I truly haven't that much. And if I have, which is rare, it's truly through people that I know. I've always kind of thought this, but I really think you just need to have one person. One person to go to restaurants with you, one person to go to bars with you, one person to introduce you to their friends. It's always just like the comfort or the security blanket of having one other friend to do things with. I would say a lot of the people that I have met here We're already friends with Keith because he grew up in this area. So it makes a lot of sense that a lot of people he knows are still around. And now I'm friends with those people too. So that's definitely a good way just having somebody close to you introduce you to new people. Otherwise, I think I'm trying to navigate as we go here. Maybe I'll give you guys a little bit of an update as I go along. But Making friends in a new city, I think you have to do things. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... that might seem uncomfortable at first, like going to a new fitness class, trying out a new hobby. Maybe I would say like pre-COVID, probably sometimes going to bars and restaurants helps, especially if you go at a certain time of the day or night when maybe people your age will be around. I know all of that can be really helpful, but I'll keep you updated because here I am still freaking learning. Trust me. I don't want to act like I ever have it all figured out because trust me I think it's very clear I don't. Okay this is a juicy question and I want to do a full episode just on juicy advice questions but this is good. What do you do when your best friend is dating a boy everybody hates for like two years now? When can we say something to her? Wow. Well my first instinct is what makes him so hateable? Why does everybody else hate him above anybody else? I think that's kind of first and foremost, what you need to narrow in on. Is there actual reasons? Like, has he cheated on her? Has he wrong any anyway? Is he annoying around all of you? Like, is he rude to her friends? What are the actual facts on why he is hated? Is it just something that you don't like his demeanor, you don't like something about him, or is there an actual reason to not like him? Narrow in on that first. If everything is adding up the same and everybody is under the same consensus and there's a lot of people that are saying this is not the right person for her and there is validity behind that personally what I would say even though it is hard as heck is you need to confront her about this and maybe it doesn't need to be a full confrontation maybe it doesn't need to be something even that serious although this does sound pretty serious but if this is your best friend as you're stating then as your duty as said best friend you need to be honest with her. Not to name drop or anything, but one of our closest friends was dating somebody for a very long time that was not good for this person. We constantly told person over and over again that this person was not good for them. They didn't listen to us, and there was a lot of validity behind this. There was cheating involved and whatnot, but it did take a really long time for our friend to recognize that this was not a positive or thriving relationship to be in. But truly all you can do as a friend is help them recognize their worth and know how valued they are and why they deserve better. And if you do that and they don't agree with you and they don't see it, that can be a whole different issue and story. But that is your duty as a friend to watch out for your friend and know what is best for them. Because I'm assuming you don't like them because they're not good enough for her, which is To that I say, you must be a very good friend. But all you can do is speak up. And if they choose to ignore you, then you've got another situation on your hands. But you absolutely need to say something. I would also add that if you're saying everybody hates him, the wrong thing to do would be to have some sort of intervention where everybody is telling her all the things that they hate about him. I would say the best way to go about this is to have her closest friend, maybe that's you, just having a one-on-one conversation about it so she does not feel like she's, Getting ganged up on because that would be the absolute worst thing when you feel like everybody has always thought this for the longest time. She'd feel very, very hurt. But maybe if it's just coming from you and you tell her very gently, that would be a little bit better. Gosh, maybe I'm good at this. <laughs> was that good advice? I don't know. Somebody tell me. Not sure if you have experience, but good distractions after breakups. Yeah, I had a bigger breakup, I guess, after blah, 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 high school. And I'd say what I chose to do was really dive into my friendships. I remember being very involved with my friends during that period of time, especially because it was during the summer and I just wanted to be as close with them as possible. I wanted to be very busy. I wanted to keep my mind occupied. Truly, I feel like the worst thing that you could do was just sit around and kind of mope, I guess. I think there does need to be a a time of reconciliation if I may. Similarly, it's very important to keep your mind busy, to keep your mind occupied, be around people you love, remember that you're loved, and do things that will keep you happy. What is one thing you wish somebody had told you about college? I went to a fairly small school, so I would say for me, I wish somebody would have told me it's very similar in style to, you know, what high school is like. Actually, let me say this. I wish somebody would have told me that classes are not as scary as you know television or society wants to make you think that they are professors are just that they're professors and that's just kind of a scary intimidating word for teacher yes they might have a higher degree and yes maybe they seem a bit more intimidating but they're not just going to all of a sudden escalate you from schoolwork as a senior to schoolwork as a 35 year old, which was kind of what my mindset was. Like I thought I was not going to be able to handle classes in school, but truly school is just a few notches up from your high school. And I think what a lot of people don't understand when they're going through the admission process is that it feels very personal and it feels like, your school, you know, you have to do this, that, and the other thing to get into a school and you have to write the perfect essay, extracurriculars, all of that. But really, the admissions process is trying to make you feel as suitable for the university as possible. And there's a reason why there's an acceptance rate that varies from left to right. But truly, it's because they want to see you thrive. The university, as much as people like to point them as villains and whatnot, truly wants to put you in a successful environment. What university wants to accept a student that they know is going to fail? How will that look good for them? No university wants to have students get into the school that will fail their classes because it's going to make the university look bad. So if you get into a school, know that you're meant to be there. Know that the classes will be at the perfect level of advancement for you. And yes, of course, there's some universities that have some iffy situations on how they let some students in, but that's a whole different story. But for the most part, the admissions process is actually very thoughtful. And I know this because I worked in the admissions office myself. So be graceful with yourself. Know that classes are not as intimidating as they seem. Professors are not as intimidating as they seem. And also don't be intimidated by the upperclassmen. I promise they're not really poking around in freshmen's business. They're too busy with their own social lives to even care. They just want to get drunk all the time, if we're being honest maintaining friendships with a super busy work or school schedule. Fabulous question. This is when I think that your closest or truest friends will start to show their colors because you don't have a lot of time truly once you're kind of in the workforce or maybe you just kind of have your own grind. Maybe you're super busy with extracurriculars, school sports, whatever it may be. I think the friendships that are most meaningful in your life will be the ones that you prioritize because truly you'll only have maybe a few times a week that you're even up for hanging out with people, like you even have enough energy to be around other people. And in those circumstances, I think that you will pick the people that you know matter most to you. So when you're maintaining those friendships, of course, you know, you can hang out with them when you can. But I would say Even just small moments of checking in with people via text message, sending them Instagram memes or just tagging them and things, little stuff like that for some reason means a lot to me because it means that somebody is thinking of me or somebody thought of me. And yes, they constantly are saying they're too busy, they're too busy, but they're clearly not making excuses. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes I take it personally if somebody says, oh, I can't hang out multiple times in a row and then it discourages you from wanting to ask them to hang out again But if they truly are just busy, but they're still texting you and they're still making an effort to communicate with you, then I guess you know it's genuine. You know, they're not making up excuses. I also think that the friendships that I am most certain about, I never have to worry about. I never have to worry about continually texting them because I know that they won't forget about me. But the friends that I desire most maybe don't always desire me back and that's when I know it's a real struggle to maintain the relationship, in which case is it worth maintaining in general if they're not putting in the same amount of effort that I'm putting in. Were you homesick when you left for college? Okay, great story. So the president of our student body gave a speech to all of the freshman class, basically just welcoming us and whatnot, but I remember very distinctively that he told us he was the kind of kid that you know, came to college, he was loving it. He was like, bye parents, peace out, see you never, like super ready to be out on his own. And what he told us was on his third week of school, he ended up having kind of like a little small meltdown because he kind of all of a sudden got hit with all of his emotions. Because especially when you start school, you're kind of caught up in all of the events. I don't know how things are going right now, but when I started school, it was basically like, Every single day, there was different things planned by the university for you to do. Of course, you were taking your classes for the first time, so you were getting used to the styles of the professors. You were maybe looking for different extracurriculars to do. The first two weeks of school are just jam-packed. You almost don't have a second to think because you're doing so much to just be everywhere all at the same time. But by the third week, it's almost like you start to get into your routine of things. And I don't know if I just manifested this in a negative way, but I had the exact same experience. My third week of school, everything kind of slowed down. And all of a sudden, one random day, I kind of melted down myself and totally had a breakdown and realized I was just very overwhelmed and I was confused and I was in a new environment I had never been in before and it was a lot to take in. But I had almost muted those feelings for the first two weeks of school because I was just so invested in everything. I wasn't necessarily homesick all of the time. I think I was comfortable enough to know that my family was there when I needed them. I was independent enough to do things on my own yes, I missed home, but I wasn't super homesick. But I definitely had those moments of just pure vulnerability, being so scared, feeling so lonely, feeling so lost, not knowing what to do with yourself. And it happens to everybody, even if people don't really share their breakdowns or not. Maybe they're not as emotional. Maybe they're very emotional. Everybody's kind of been there in some way or another. I feel like you just kind of end up having a bit of worry and confusion that just kind of all hits you like a ton of bricks. So don't worry. I promise it gets better. But if it happens, don't be afraid to confront your emotions. Sounds funny, but best shoes for college or necessities for college in general? Love this question. I think it depends on where you are. I feel like there's different fashions for different universities. I remember one of my best friends always talking about that too. I went to school in the Pacific Northwest, so I kind of had P&W vibes in my style. My one shoe I was very, very keen on owning was my Birkenstocks. I still own them to this day. It's just a comfortable shoe, especially when you're walking campus so much. Athleisure is a bit of a big thing, but at my school, people kind of dressed up a bit. Not like pearls and whatnot, but they would definitely but in effort to go to class, whereas at other universities, I know you literally will wear a big t-shirt and shorts, but that's when you're in a lecture hall of 500. My classes were size 30 at max. Another thing is close to wear when you want to go out. I would say the easiest thing to do is just get a good pair of jeans that you don't really mind maybe getting a little roughed up and a few like cute staple tops that you can consistently wear. Classic answer is a black crop top get yourself a jean jacket, get yourself a variety of little crop tops, or if you don't want to wear a crop top like I didn't, just get yourself, you know, a variety of different shirts, tanks something comfortable. Also some type of shoe that you don't mind getting dirty. I really hope people aren't throwing parties right now, but either way, in any situation, get yourself kind of like a roughed up pair of shoes you don't mind getting dirt on. I think I had an old pair of Converse that I wore all the time. I wore a lot of dresses just because it was easy. And then once it got really cold, I had a whole bunch of snow gear, which, oh my gosh, as a Californian, I didn't even know what the heck I was doing. How do you combine your workouts with college? My freshman year in particular, I remember so many kids going with friends in their dorm rooms, in their dorm halls to the gym, and then they would all go to dinner together. So that was kind of a good way of taking your friends or making friends and all going to the gym at the same time. I also think just in general, you need to make workouts a priority for yourself, especially when it comes to just your mental health, your sanity, staying healthy. Make it almost like a class for yourself or make it an appointment that you have to stick to. No matter how many times a week you're working out, just make it something that you schedule in into your planner. You do it for yourself, whether that's in your dorm room or you go to the gym or you go on a walk. Make a commitment for yourself that you have to attend. It's a requirement. Your professor is going to grade you on it. It needs to be very, very official or you can let little things start to stack up and and take precedent over it. However, my one asterisk to this would be don't prioritize things like that. If people want to hang out with you, if somebody wants to go to dinner with you at six, but you told yourself you would work out at six, personally, I would say, go work out at five, go to dinner with that friend at six. I know I'm probably contradicting myself, but I don't think workouts are the end all be all of health, first and foremost, and I don't think they're that important that you should sacrifice hanging out with people or missing out on fun events for a workout. That's my personal opinion. I just am not the kind of person that would ultimately prioritize me or would miss out on fun things for a workout. Now, is that always the right answer? Probably not. But I just think it's college. You need to live your life. You need to do fun things. And your workout can always be saved for tomorrow, because why not? You can do what I used to do and wake up super, super early and just get it done in the morning so it doesn't inconvenience your day. You can do it super late at night. I used to work out at like 10 at night sometimes. I was like the polar opposite. Sometimes 5 in the morning, sometimes 10 at night. Just depended on the year, you know? But yeah, just have fun. And I know change is really scary, and it can be very intimidating, like I mentioned, remember everybody is in the same boat as you. Everybody also wants to make friends. Be yourself. You'll probably make friends with people in the very beginning that you are not friends with in the very end, and that's okay too. Remember to be safe. I don't know what certain situations are like in college right now, but just keep yourself Healthy. Wear a mask, please. Wash your hands often. Don't forget we're in a global pandemic. Know that I love you. Know that I believe in you. You are confident, competent, and able and thriving. And you've got this. You've totally got this, and it's going to be all right. But thank you so much for listening to another episode of Don't Get It Twisted. My voice hurts a lot because I've been talking too much. I'm sorry if my voice was nauseating too nasally for this whole episode, but God bless you for getting through it. Please let me know if you ever have any more questions. Please email me if you do, hello at twistypod.com. You can always send me a message on Instagram or you can answer any of my Instagram question poll things, whatever, um, every week when I post questions for the podcast. But otherwise, I will talk to you all next week or you can go ahead and follow me on any social medias. My handle is always at Taylor Woods with two L's. That's TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, Um, YouTube, all of it. (laughs) Love you all so much. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe and I will talk to you in the next one.